Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. There are scientists now who say that the human body might have the ability to live to 150 years old. Ah. Now, I just looked this up. The oldest person ever was a woman named Janine Clement, who lived 122 years and 164 days. Right. And, you know, the idea, of course, we all want to stay above ground for as long as we can. And yes. certainly I can't imagine, even if the body itself uh, could last to 150 years, uh, it's not going to be in the best of shape. You're going to need some assistance. And I think that, for most people moving forward, is, yeah, we want to live long. We just don't want to be a burden on our loved ones. Mm-hmm. Or see loved ones go before us. Well, right? this is the other thing too. If I could, if it could be that I knew uh, my children could live as long as me, or that I would still pass before them, then of course. But to be, you know, even into your nineties, and you know, perhaps you've already buried your kids or one of them by then, and certainly a spouse. It just seems to me that it get pretty, pretty tough to deal with. Mm. You know, I, I don't want to be the last man standing. No. No, and boy, what would that do for the divorce rate around 110? Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, jeez. Still have 30, 40 more years of this. <laughs> Plus, you'd see a guy who's like a buck 40 and he's dating a 100-year-old and you're like, rob the cradle much? <laughs> shocking last night. Absolutely shocking to find out that Ross and Rachel actually had a thing for each other in real life. Right. Yeah. That was the most shocking thing uh, I found out uh, last night during this uh, Friends reunion. It was one hour and 44 minutes, according to my Crave TV PVR thing. Uh, that was about 30 seconds. The rest of it was pretty much useless. I uh, I only saw about uh, five seconds of it mm. uh, as uh, Adrian was just watching some stuff online uh, on her phone as I was watching the, the Leafs mm. and... Uh, disastrous end to that game, but um, well, was there a hockey game last night? Yeah, there was one, uh, and and the only thing that it was was uh, like Lady Gaga joining to do Smelly Cat, the mm-hmm. song with Phoebe. Here's the thing: much like uh, much like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, sometimes just leaving things in the past is better. You know, you you watch the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and they'll have like like the Doobie Brothers or something, right? And they'll be inducted. And so they'll go back and they'll show all this old footage of the Doobie Brothers performing in front of hundreds of thousands of people in their prime. Looks great. Then they all need assistance getting up on the stage to, to get their award. <laughs> it's just the way it is. Yeah. And, and, and so with friends uh, and this reunion, honestly, I found... The most enjoyable moments of it were the the highlight reels. Yeah. Going back, they showed a lot of bloopers and other things. They were young. They were into it. They were very funny. The show was well written. Then to just go live to them unscripted. Here's the other thing, too. They're actors. Yeah. They need a script. Yeah. They're not that funny naturally. No, no they're not comedians either. No. Um, and and we, we have a hard time just letting stuff go. Yeah. Right? We always, we're very nostalgic, I think, as, yep. a, as a society. Or we, we, we look back fondly at things. Mm-hmm. And, and had they done an episode... Uh, I, I think I probably would have watched a it. Real I, scripted I, you know, a scripted yeah. episode. Where are they now? Uh, a kind of return to it. Yeah. Even, you know, a six episode something would have been yep. great. Little, little arc. Uh, but 
instead, just to do this, uh, you know, watch people reminisce yeah. and getting paid to reminisce at that. It was very weird. And, you know, interesting, too, because I was really interested to see where Matthew Perry was at. Because, of course, the, the People magazine stuff uh, showed him as uh, seemed to be struggling, although they claim it's dental work. But I got to tell you. Whatever and however they produce that and put it together, whoever did the editing, he's barely in it. He mm. says very little. Yeah. And even the things he does say, it looks like he's struggling. It, it really, and the weird thing too is, and you see this a lot of times with people who have gone through drug and alcohol problems in the past, their uh, dental and hygiene when they're in their the depths of their despair kind of goes out the window yeah. so when they get themselves clean one of the first things they go do is they they fix up their teeth you'll see this in a lot of uh, celebrities or others who have have uh, gone down that road so he's he looks tired and worn out but he's got this mouth full of glistening chiclets oh, yeah. he's got these beautiful <laughs> teeth you're like that really uh looks a little odd and you think they've been you know bantering this about for a couple of years now mm. you think he had time to get those fixed yeah, yeah. <laughs> Instead of the week of the taping. Well, yeah, they're really, I mean, unless he went for a, a whitening. Although he did say he went for dental work, so right. maybe, maybe, that, maybe that, was that was it. Maybe that was to fix him up. Now, you, did you watch the whole thing? Uh, as much as I remember of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I was I was hearing yesterday that there were real, some real complaints from Friends fans about James Corden's involvement in it. Oh, yeah? That they either, like, he, like, he ruined it. Like, they didn't like his interview of it, I guess he was hosting yeah, it. Yeah, he was fine. The weird thing is that they had him, considering he's a uh, CBS or ABC guy, whatever network he's on, CBS, I guess, and it was a NBC show, yeah. you would have thought they would have gone back to maybe somebody, like a Letterman or somebody that would have been on the network at the time right. when the show was was huge. I, I, I don't know. Any, I didn't watch any of it, so I, I wasn't really sure, but I... You know, part of me just thinks, you know, for some Friends fans, that it's certainly Americans who need subtitles for anyone with any kind of accent. Mm. <laughs> then, then perhaps they just didn't like the fact that he was a Brit trying to talk about it. Yeah, they had, uh, you know, they had some people uh, pop in, of course. Bieber uh, on there, too? Uh, on point? Yeah, he showed up wearing... Okay, so there was an episode really early on when Ross wanted to introduce his son, the, fir the first uh, the, the kid he had with the woman who ended up being a lesbian. Right. He wanted to introduce him to Jewish uh, traditions and events. But, of course, because his wife was Anglo or whatever, and she was, she, you know, she had all the Christmas stuff, and he didn't. So for some reason, he brought in this, he wore this dinosaur outfit or something. I, I don't, it was, oh, gotcha, so that's yeah. what, they did a bit of a fashion show. They brought out costumes gotcha, that had okay. been worn. Again, yeah, it was all very weird and strange. And then every time they went back to them after a highlight reel, they all just seemed a little, you know, laughing at stuff that's not really all that funny. Although I would think, I, I believe that Joey, uh, probably Matt LeBlanc had the best line when they were talking about Ross and Rachel having this thing for each other uh, offset that uh, David Schwimmer and uh, Jennifer Aniston were, like, really crushing on each other in that mm. first season, and they never acted on it. And they were both saying, oh, yeah, we never did because blah, blah, blah. I was in a relationship. You were in a relationship. And then Matt LeBlanc goes, that's BS. <laughs> so he called them both out on it. So that, that was probably the best moment of the whole night. Well, yesterday we got uh, talking about uh, burgers and the perfect burger, and now the topic seems to be hot dogs. I guess we're heading into the summer, and grilling seems to be the thing we we want to do. And so uh, food on the grill is the uh, the main topic these days. And the number one topic 
or topping for a hot dog. Mustard. Yeah. Interesting, though. It didn't even show up as a thing for the perfect burger. It was ketchup right. or mayo. Okay. I do like mustard on a hot dog, and I do go that way. I'll go mustard on a hot dog. I don't like ketchup on uh, on burgers or hot dogs. Okay. I like them on eggs and mac and cheese. I, uh, I'll i do the mustard. I'm a yellow mustard guy, though, not necessarily the grainies. You don't like the Dijons? No. I, I love all... If, if, of all condiments, mustard is probably my favorite. Really, and uh, I love them all: hot mustard, horseradish mustard, Dijon mustards. Hmm. Yeah, I have a wide variety in the pantry. Okay, what else do you put on a on a street dog? Uh, well, they, are you like your burger? You load everything up? Uh, yeah, I'll put the onions and pickles and all of that stuff on it. People love onions on a hot dog. Very good, yes. Relish, chili, of course, a chili dog. <sighs> Very good, and cheese. Yeah, yeah. cheese, sauerkraut. Mayo, bacon, jalapenos, and coleslaw, all things people like to put on a hunt. Okay. That's getting really messy. Yeah. Yeah, most of that will end up on your shirt. Uh, We prefer our hot dogs grilled and then over a campfire uh, or uh, boiled and then steamed is the way we like to... uh, Steamed is last. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Don't go to Montreal. Right. Yeah. They were good. I remember... uh, I went to the Memorial Cup in 2015 in Quebec City. Like mm. that was because it was the, that was the, basically the end of the forum. Mm-hmm. And one thing you had to do was get like the steamed hot dogs. Yeah, were like legendary among the scouts and all the <laughs> the players and staff were these steamed hot dogs from the forum. So I put back a few when I uh, when we got locked into the Bell Center after a Nickelback concert. I had been promised by uh, somebody that we went with uh, to that show that he was going to take me to the best steamed hot dog place in Montreal after the uh, the show. We hadn't had dinner. We had just drank before the show. So uh, by about 2 in the morning, I hadn't had anything to eat since about noon. <laughs> I was, And all I wanted was this steamed hot dog. And we got locked in the Bell Center because we ended up drinking with the band down below. And then it was a whole thing and a, a long, long story that uh, I've shared a couple of times here. But we, when we got out of the Bell Center... We said to a cab driver, we said, where the hell is the uh, the best uh, steamed hot dogs in? Is any place open? He said, oh, yeah, just go down to wherever it was. So we it was November, and it was freezing, and we were walking at like 2 or 3 in the morning to go get these steamed hot dogs. We got a couple each, got them back to this hotel room. Uh, I had them in me for about uh, two seconds, and they just came out the other end. <laughs> We're in this beautiful suite of the Queen Elizabeth Hotel, and I am just tearing it up. I do love a hot dog, though. Oh, like, yeah. And, and, like, the street meat hot dog yeah. after the bar. Like, how many times have you woken up after a night out at mm-hmm. the bar or a concert, and, like, the roof of your mouth is burnt from the <laughs> hot dog or pizza slice you had before? But those hot dogs, yeah, man, like, I don't crave them on a regular basis, but after a night out, it's tough to turn down that cart. They smell pretty darn good. I was really bad in that there was one right outside of the door of a building, uh, the station I worked at. And so every morning when we got off the air, I was probably consuming about three or four a week. Right. Because I'd just be eating them. I, I couldn't not walk by and not get one. You right. know, pile it into my hole on my Although, way to my car. I will say, if you're listening to this conversation right now and all of a sudden saying, yeah, I'm craving a hot dog, but yet... You're concerned about what you put into your body, mm. <laughs> what science tells you to, then maybe you should stop. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> no doctor will tell you. You really should up your hot dog count. <laughs> you don't want to ask what's in them. Remember the other day we were talking about the Leafs, uh, I can't remember after what game, and I had mentioned that uh, Glenn Anderson 
back in the early 90s when the Leafs were on the run there in 92, 93, he had written a song. Right. You remember that? Uh, I remember you saying that, yeah. And, and, uh, and I couldn't remember the name of it, but I just stumbled upon it. There's a video, the whole oh, thing. Oh, boy, it was awful. Oh, man, it was really bad. Take a little listen to this. See if you remember this from the early 90s. The great thing about this song is, and as cheesy as that is, the video was even worse. And the story goes that I guess uh, Glenn Anderson was really excited to do this, and he wrote the song. Then he got Pat Burns to get the whole team into Maple Leaf Gardens on a day off to film a video. Mike Myers was in the video as well. He's on the bench. Uh, Killer Gilmore uh, comes in in like a, in a, in a do-rag and ripped jeans, and he rides his Harley in, and they're all dancing and singing, and it is the cheesiest thing you've ever seen. Right. I had forgotten all about it. You know, we remember a lot about the early 90s and the Leafs. Yeah. That song, we... That, that's a forgettable... <laughs> there's a lot of forgettable moments. Yeah. Yeah. For the Leafs in the 90s, that would be one of them. The Leafs are the best, better than all the rest. That must have taken Glenn Anderson days <laughs> to come up with that rhyme. <laughs> the Leafs are the best, the best, better than all the rest. Right. There we go. Anyhow, I had forgotten about that song, and then some people were sharing it. Um, yeah, so we lost last night, and I, I, I don't think we should be shocked with that loss, right? It's very tough to take a team out in the fourth game they they don't want to go home uh it, it's an overtime loss as well so yeah. i mean it didn't look good early on you're down three nothing mm-hmm. uh and and it looked like it was going to be awful then all of a sudden like, you cue the comeback uh the way that they lost really kind of hurt because after that comeback you know 59 seconds in overtime it's a it's a horrible pass galchenyuk who was one of the heroes in game four mm. uh, goes to uh the goat in the in game five and you know, it, it is not. You know, it's not like the Canadians were were giving up down three one in the series. They they still wanted to win. I remember talking to DJ Smith about this, who's now coach of Ottawa, of course, and he and he said, you know, the the, the fourth game is the toughest one to win. It's not just about game seven. Mm-hmm. It's it's about eliminating a team because no team wants to be done. And at this point in the series, is when the pressure starts to turn around. You know, when when you're up three one, you're feeling good, and you mm. think, all right, it, it's like that two goal lead. They say, right? You're the worst one to have because you're feeling good, but the second you let one go, mm. uh, you think, uh oh, you know, now you're now you're really worried that you could you could blow this thing. And you know, given the Leafs' past history, although I think what they the stat they're like eleven and one when leading a series three one. Uh, that one really stands out as, uh, well, you blew that. I'm more intrigued to see how this whole uh, bums in the seats thing is going to work in uh, in Montreal. 2,500 people is what they're going to allow in uh, to the building on Saturday night. And, and will the pressure be on uh, for, uh, for us to do the same at the Scotiabank Arena? We have said many times they should allow doctors and frontline workers, nurses or whatever, in there to, uh, to fill up some seats. And even... If the Leafs are able to go past uh, Montreal and face Winnipeg, you know, now you're heading into uh, to June and the time is carrying on. Will Winnipeg allow bums in the seats? A- and then, you know, like Ford must be on some level just thinking, oh, I kind of hope the Leafs lose so I don't have to deal with this. Because <laughs> he's going to have to deal with it. The pressure will be on as the series unfold, right. especially if they go to the States to face a team there. Oh, man, the pressure is going to be on yeah. to let people if in that building. They'll have a full arena uh, down there. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting, and to see who you know 
how the players respond to having mm. people in, in the stands. It's it's not enough to, I don't think, influence the game per se. Mm. Uh, you know, you might, I, I think you're not going to see Rasmus Sandin, Sandin in the lineup uh, come tomorrow night. I think Dermott's going to take his spot again oh, yeah. after, you know, being on the ice for a sure. couple of goals last night and responsible for for one of them for sure. It, it, it you know, that that rookie pressure might have felt it with some fans in the stands. Mm. I don't think it's going to be a problem this time around. I wonder if the Leafs could turn around and say to Montreal, no, no, we, we've played all season without fans in the stands. We don't want them now in Montreal. <laughs> what if they'd be able to throw anything at them that way? Well, listen, 2,500 people in, a, in a, an arena that mm-hmm. fits 18,000 is not going to be. It's, it's going to look like when you return from a period at Scotiabank right, anyway. Right, right. Just a smattering of people around. And Chaveras was skating. That's excellent. So Very what do we figure? Do you think he, uh, he probably won't return this series, even if it goes seven games? I, they had said there was a knee injury involved, uh, you know, some sort of sprain uh, when that hit occurred as well. And that was going to keep him out for two weeks. So that that alone should mm. keep him out for this series. And I don't think you rush him back uh, even for a game seven. But the good news is, you know, it looked a really like a really bad head injury yeah. and a concussion. And the fact that he's up and moving, joining the team and on the ice and able to do a little bit of exercise right now it is a very good progression in concussions. 40% of cats are left-handed. 40%? I guess the other 60 must be right-handed. <laughs> Or back-footed. Yeah, something. (laughs) Something. I I wonder if that's on par with humans. Like, I know, obviously, there are more right-handed people on the planet than left-handed. But I think the numbers actually are probably, uh, with humans, a lot smaller. Because I always remember, I'm left-handed. And I remember growing up, going to school. And it always seemed to me that in a classroom of 25 or 30 students, like, I was always the only one. Right. It is a it is an odd uh, thing that uh, so so much so that there was a time with left-handed people that teachers would go out of their way like back in the like say 50s or whatever they go out of their way to, to force you to write with your right hand instead well, of your left. I think it I can't remember if it was just me or when I grew up playing golf with my friend Brian as well the two of us. When my dad first took us to the driving range you know, if we tried to shoot left, they mm. turned us around right. right. Sure. Right. Because, and that part of that was just the availability of golf clubs. They get junior clubs in left. Right. It was like few and far between. I remember school, there was always an embarrassing moment where you'd play like um, uh, in the indoor gym uh, floor hockey. Yeah. And then everybody get their plastic stick and I'd be like, um, I need a left-handed stick, and there'd never be one. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was it's so, interesting, so though, because because golf, they say now, you know, Canada has per capita more left-handed golfers than any other country. Hmm. But they believe hockey has a lot to do with that because even though I'm right-handed, I play hockey left. So, is there a lot of hockey guys who, who play left who shoot left-handed? Huh. Yeah. In fact, you know, like when you you watch drafts, you know, to find a right-shooting defenseman is hmm. rare, hmm. and that's you know, there's. You know, where left-handed pitchers in baseball, you know, it's right. like an extra million. If you're a left-handed pitcher, you're, it, there's a rarity to that. It's always the problem, too, as a left-handed, and, and, and people who are left-handed know this, that even even writing is a pain because you end up getting all the ink up your hand because you drag it across. Right. So you end up doing this weird thing where you write above everything yep. to, to try to... Uh, it's always it's always difficult. I mean, I do, and I do everything with my left hand. I mean, everything. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> Who was the scientist, though, that had to go check left and right hand on a cat? Like, how did, yeah. did he hit the laser pointer in front of it and see what hand goes for see it? See which way he was going? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Again, we were talking about all the time. Massive master's degree, mm-hmm. and, and you're, you know, judging if a cat is left or right handed. Yeah, I don't know why we needed to know, but we know now.
if you win a prize and the price is right, you have to pay California income taxes on it before they'll give it to you. The problem with any prize in the states, lottery included, when you see those, you know, Big Super Bowl, Powerball lotteries. That Is that are true four, in every state? Four hundred yeah. million. I, uh, I think. I think most states. Right. You can claim some of it back right away if you're a visitor, and right. you can can get it back as well. Uh, you know, there's lawyers and, and teams that do that here. That if you want a major prize and you've had to pay tax on it, you can claim that back when you get back to Canada. But the Americans have to pay it. What about gambling in Vegas? If you win a ton in Vegas, do you have to pay tax on that? Uh, they'll take some of it, yeah. And then, have you ever known? Have, I've, you, have you ever I've won I've never had occasion. But then again, when you get back, you lobby to, oh, okay. you to get that because you know, you're not a citizen. You don't have to pay. That's right. Um, I've never had to declare more than $10,000 of the border. I'm dying. My dad says it all the time. Can't wait until he comes back and has to declare more than ten grand in cash. It's a great story of a man I worked with where him and his wife had just gotten married. And I think they were in Vegas for their honeymoon. And so it's about four thirty, five o'clock in the afternoon. They're having some drinks in the room. And then she decides uh, that she's going to go get ready for dinner. So he's like, all right, you do your thing. I'm going to go downstairs and uh, play a few hands while you're getting ready. In the time that she was getting ready for dinner, he lost $50,000. <laughs> he comes comes back to the room and says, we've got to go. Wow. And they split before he paid the tab. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. he was on a marker? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. It's, it is out of control. And I, I remember the first time I went, I'm you know down at the casino, I'm looking for a $5 blackjack mm. table mm. That, to, to find something to play. And there was a guy who was playing the entire table. Mm. He was playing all the spots in blackjack and playing $5,000 a hand wow. on each spot. Wow. Right? And, you know, like, my goodness. <laughs> I sat and watched for a second. And yeah. this wasn't in the high roller section. This is just out front. Like It's so wow. intimidating. If you if you never played or, and you hadn't been in a casino, like when, when Niagara Falls first got their casino, we went down a few times. And I remember going down there, standing outside in the cold and a long lineup to get in. And you'd go in and maybe I had like, 50 bucks on me so i'm walking around the floor and i don't know how to play cards i a little bit of blackjack outside of that i don't know what i'm doing with poker or any other game i should have just stuck with the slot machines but i really wanted to get a hand in on a blackjack and i walk around and i walk around and i look at every table i'm waiting for a, a seat to open up i don't realize that you know you shouldn't be on the ends or right. whatever yeah. i don't know anything <laughs> But it's so intimidating and, and so deflating because I remember having my money in my hand and finally I find a table that was maybe like 10 bucks or 15 bucks a hand, whatever it was. And I sit down and I literally, my bum wasn't in the seat. I hadn't changed over my money before I was completely busting out. <laughs> I'd walk circles around this place for hours and I was literally at the table for about 12 seconds. <laughs> so intimidating. And there is an etiquette to it, yeah. but at the same time, some people have to really relax. Like, mm. if you go to the $2 blackjack table, right. and you're expecting, you know, all professional players yeah. to be around there, yeah. you know, it's, it's like saying, you know, you're going to the golf course. If you're going to the pitch and putt, mm. and you're expecting PGA caliber, you yeah. know, tone it down. Settle down. Um, this is odd. All 16 celebrities Madonna mentioned in the song Vogue right. are now dead. Oh, okay. Yeah, that uh, time carries on. Lauren Bacall was the last one to pass away in 2014. Marlon Brando was the second to last in 2004. And speaking of Marlon Brando, that dude outside of acting was very busy making kids. He had 16 children. Wow. And it's believed that he fathered a 17th with a woman named Linda Carroll. Linda Carroll went on to have a daughter 
Her daughter's name is Courtney Love, which means Courtney's grandfather might have been Marlon Brando. Oh. Yeah. I don't know if she's ever looked into it or tried to figure it out, but that's a that's a good little story to share. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.